Jesus Christ. And so just to introduce you guys to Luke, he's a Gentile doctor. Um, so, uh, yeah, and uh, if you guys maybe ever read Luke, he actually wrote Luke and Acts. It was almost one book, and he wrote them for a man named Theophilus. And there are some ideas, some guessing. We don't really know exactly who this guy is. Uh, it could have been that um, Theophilus was a financier, financier of uh, Paul and Luke. They were traveling together in many of the mission trips that Paul had. And uh, this man was rich, and he wanted to uh, finance Luke to have an account of Jesus, a record of Jesus, so he could tra- cherish uh, the historical uh, story of uh, Jesus Christ. Um, another theory is that uh, maybe this Theophilus was Luke's slave, and Luke's, Luke was uh, in charge, uh, was given the charge of uh, writing an account of Jesus Christ. And a third option was that, as we, we will see later on, Apostle Paul, uh, he got into trouble for preaching the gospel too much. <laughs> and he ends up in a, in a, a prison in Rome, and this is Luke's uh, kind of a, a eyewitness account to try to get him out of jail, okay, so that the, the Roman governor, uh, Theophilus, the Roman governor, could uh, understand who this Jesus is, and so he could have an eyewitness account so that maybe he can favorably let uh, Paul leave, okay? And, uh, but besides that, the theme, the content of this book is that it focuses on the humanity of Jesus. Uh, it stresses the word son of man as Jesus, okay? Uh, which obviously everyone who is a son is son of a man, of course. Uh, but also this is Jesus referring to himself. He, he liked to call himself the son of man, not the son of God, right? Uh, and part of it is because those that are actually seeking God, they will realize this phrase is a phrase in Daniel chapter 7 that describes somebody in the future who will come and bring redemption to the world. This son of man it was a very highly exalted one. He was more than just human. So sometimes Jesus doesn't just say to everybody, hi, I'm God, follow me. But in fact, he allows people little clues, little stories, so those who are hungry like you and I can actually seek him and can move our hearts and discover for ourselves who he really is okay so but interesting is because it focused on the humanity of jesus the book of matthew remember started with a genealogy of jesus showing him as a jewish man all the way he was tied to the father a son of this son of this son of this all the way to abraham but then luke takes that and goes all the way back to adam to show that this jesus was real and then, uh, not only that, it includes the story of Jesus, uh, his human life before his ministry that started at 30. So, for example, every other gospel just talks about what he said, what he did as a man. But Luke has that story, that really interesting story. When he was 12, he was at the temple, and then his parents left him. You guys know that story? Yeah, that's Luke, showing that this Jesus was real. He used to uh, have to learn to grow, learn, learn to walk, learn to eat, and all of that. And another, another focus of the book of uh, Luke is that he has a greater focus on the miracles of Jesus than the other uh, books in the Bible, uh, other Gospels, because he himself, being a doctor, was really fascinated at the healing that Jesus did. And it also highlights that the miracles show that God, Jesus, was more than just a human. He was someone that became an example for us, that you can be human, but you can be filled with God and do the works of God in, in the human form. So just to summarize the gospel so far, Matthew, you could call it the, it shows Jesus as the Jewish king, okay? 
If you're a Jew, if you have a friend who's a Jew, let them start by reading Matthew, and just by reading the genealogy, you might come to know Jesus. Mark is a servant God. Remember last week we talked about how Mark is uh, Mark 41 times said immediately Jesus went and did this. Immediately he taught. Immediately he healed. Immediately he multiplied. Through. Immediately he crossed the ocean. So we see that God was someone who was active. He was serving. He was doing the work of God. And today the Luke book of Luke is talking about the Son of Man. So. If in the book of Mark, we realize that the kingdom of God is against the kingdom of darkness, it is here to push away the work of the, the devil, the sin that we have done, the darkness, the curse that we have brought upon ourselves, the suffering, the kingdom of God is here to remove all of the darkness in our life. If, if that is the focus of Mark, then Luke is the focus on what is the kingdom of God for. It's not just kingdom of God against darkness, but what is the kingdom of God doing what is it for that god sent it to us there's no better story to illustrate this in the book of luke than the story we read of zacchaeus uh, i'm sure that you have all heard of this story uh, or most of us have if you've been in church maybe longer than a couple years uh, basically we just read that jesus goes into the town of jericho and there was a chief collector named zacchaeus and he wanted to see what jesus was doing as he was passing through and he was short so he couldn't see where Jesus was. So he climbed a sycamore fig tree. But then Jesus somehow, instead of just walking by, there's thousands of people, right? Why Zacchaeus? Some, somehow he notices him and tells him to come down and I'm going to go to your house. And Zacchaeus welcomes him and he repents, becomes saved, and transforms his life and the life of others. Okay? This is what Jesus says in this passage. It says in Luke chapter 19 verse 9, it says, to, Jesus says to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's read the last sentence together. One, two, three. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That one phrase is the key verse of Luke. It summarizes the heart of Jesus' ministry. Why did Jesus bring the kingdom of God? Not just to fight against the darkness. That's part of it. But the main thing is he brought his kingdom. Jesus came to the earth to seek and to save the lost. Fancy way of saying because he loves us. Because we are all lost. So to transform us, to heal us, forgive us. That is why he's here. And in that passage, in that, in that one uh, short mission statement, summary of Jesus right there, for a son of man came to seek and to save the lost. The first word you see there is he came to seek, right? He didn't come to demand. He didn't say, I'm the son of God. You want salvation? Come over here. No, no, he went to you. He went seeking the lost sheep. Right? In fact, Jesus gives a, a story, many stories of this heart of God. Right? Remember uh, the story of the par of prodigal son? Guess what? It's only written in the book of Luke out of the all four Gospels because it shows that God's heart is waiting. He's longing to have the lost children of God to come and find their father, to find their true kingdom. In that chapter, Luke 15, we also hear the story of how the Father, the kingdom of God, is like a shepherd who, who lost one of his 100 sheep, and therefore he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. It means he cares about each and every one of us. He knows us uh, intimately, and he's working his plan. He's continually 
not giving himself rest. He's not sleeping because he's waiting, he's longing, he's preparing the way so that you may be found and you may come back into the Father's house. So Zacchaeus, as today we see that Zacchaeus, a man who wasn't, I don't know if he was really seeking God or not, but he, that day, it was his time for the Lord to come into his life and to save him, to find him. This wasn't just walking around aimlessly in Jerusalem just because just he likes the crowd of people. But every day as he prayed, the Lord revealed to him who are the lost that he is going to go find. And that day was uh, Zacchaeus. And that's the heart of Jesus. So whenever you think about the kingdom of God, God is the one who's seeking to redeem, to heal the lost. That's the kingdom of God. Again, Jesus, um, when he was talking to another, another, another chapter in Luke chapter 5, uh, he got criticized for hanging out with the sinners, hanging out with the, with the people that society was saying, these are the, the, the sinful people. He would eat with them. And then Jesus, when the people asked why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? He replied, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So the kingdom of God is about finding people like us, sinners, broken people, hurting people. And the Lord is saying, I want to make you whole. I want to heal you. That's what the kingdom of God is for. So Jesus, to seek and to save the lost. What is the lost, right? I'm sure we've all experienced being lost. In fact, some of us may experience this a lot, right? It, it's, but it's more than just losing like a key in your house or, or losing a memory. But this word lost that, we, that it says here, to save the lost, the lost word actually means in Greek to destroy. So Jesus is looking after the people who are not just like, you know, kind of going through life okay, and then, but they're, they're, they, they're just having a little bit of discomfort. He's looking for the people who realize in this life without God, we are destroyed. We are utterly, fully, completely destroyed. It says to perish with a miserable end. If you think about it, all of us, hum humankind, without our Father, without the kingdom of God, every one of us are lost. To, to die with the implication of ruin and destruction. Those, that, I mean, those things, this is too, this is just sounds horrible, right? To be cut off, to be destroyed. That is the, what the word lost means. And we realize, my goodness, I am lost without God. So how was Zacchaeus lost, right? In the beginning of our, um, of our, of our story, it, it says that Zacchaeus was a chief, chief tax collector. Tax collectors were known to be the people who were uh, like, almost like spies. They were Jewish people that worked for the Roman government, and they were the ones who had a tap on each person. They went around, not, and morally they were, they, were, they were sinful too. They would steal the money, but more than that, they would play political games so that it would be to the Roman, Roman people's gain, and they would turn on their own people. But he was the chief of these tax collectors. So one of the most hated person, right? And so he was, uh, when, when we say Zacchaeus was lost, it means, yes, he was a sinner, and it meant that he was hopeless. He wasn't just like a sinner. All of us, us, we think that maybe because I'm a sinner, somehow I can just manage to make it through this life. But no, no, no. We have to realize no matter what we do in this life without God, we are destroyed 
we are on, a, on again, the, to quote the word it says, we are fully destroyed. We will die with implication of ruin and destruction to perish with a miserable end. That is the fate that we share. Someone like Zacchaeus, maybe people looked at him and pointed him and said, yeah, that guy for sure is lost, right? But on the outside, because we knew what his job did, we knew what kind of quality of people these tax collectors were, it was obvious, but for some other people, maybe for some of us, it's not apparent. When you look at a person next to you, right, in this room or in your life, they don't seem too lost, but the same fate is upon us. So in order to be saved from to be saved to be found by Jesus and to be saved from this condition of being destroyed ultimately in our lives what must we do Today the life of Zacchaeus gives us as a model First of all we realize it says in verse 5 it says when Jesus reached the spot the spot right that's the place where Jesus looking for you and you welcoming Jesus meets right it can be every day. It could be the first time you found Jesus, right? But as Jesus is continually seeking the lost, it's the people who realize, I believe at this time, Zacchaeus was ready. I mean, again, there was thousands of people around him. There were hundreds of tax collectors, but that spot, that day was the moment that Zacchaeus said, you know what? I realize I want to be done with this life. He had a turning of his heart. He was, had a realization that he had nothing but destruction to look forward to. And he was seeking as Jesus was seeking him, right? So at that moment, at that spot where Jesus' will and, and your, your desire to find him, the one seeking, the one wanting to be found gets met. The, the place God has prepared for you. I'm sure Zacchaeus said many times he missed it. But that day he found him and he says he looked up, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. That's Jesus' heart. His doors are open. There's not one person he would close the door except the one who says, I don't need him. Except the one who says, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not lost. I have blah, blah, blah. I have all these things that are my, uh, that, that's sustaining me. I don't need Jesus. Okay, your turn will come. But the door is open and Jesus is saying, I'm going to come into your house. Remember, he's coming to seek you where you are, to love you, to forgive you, to heal you, and to save you where you are in your condition of destruction. What's amazing is this. Here is the first step in being saved. When Jesus says, I'm coming to you, Zacchaeus could have said, no, 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 Jesus, I'm not worthy. Don't come to my house. Don't come to my house. But it says something about Zacchaeus said, you are welcome. The first step in being found when Jesus is looking for you is to say, Jesus, you are welcome. To open your doors in your life. And that moment that Zacchaeus opened his heart and said, you are welcome into my life. From that moment, Zacchaeus forever was never lost again. Destruction would never come into his, into his life. Because from then on, his life trajectory was found and never to be lost again. You're no longer lost when you have God back in your life. Turn to your neighbor and look him in the eye and say, are you lost in life? Receive Jesus. Yeah, receive Jesus. It's a reminder we all need, right? That moment that as God is seeking you and somehow you weren't 
seeking him, but that you are wanting to be found, and that time meets, which God is longing for. Every day he's willing, man, is today going to be the day when Ingram repents? Is today the day when Ingram reaches out to me as a father? And then in the time when God says, I want to come into your life, you say, let's go. Welcome, Lord. This is offered, Jesus is giving to all people that he wants to come into your house if you will let him in. So this question that we have is, what is it like to be lost, right? Because to be lost, in the terms of what Jesus is saying, is to have a life without God, right? Any life, again, without God is doomed to destruction. I don't care how many, fa- how many children you have or no children, whether you're married or not, whether you have a six-figure income or you have a two-figure income, whatever your con- circumstance, a life without God is a life that is lost. So to have job or career, uh, kids or family, all of that is temporary, but the true purpose of living this short life that brings meaning to everything we do in this life is to have a life with God and a life that becomes like God, right there, with God. To be saved, to no longer be lost is to be with God and to have life that you're growing to become like God. To be with God, that's what Jesus has come to do, right? He has come to repair, reconcile the the world to God, right? He came to become the sacrifice that made a way for peace. So no longer will you be kept away from the Father, but now you're reconciled and restored one with God. But that doesn't stop there. You're found, but now there has to be a change in you where now you grow into a new image of God, which is the image of love. This is when I know when I'm with God and I'm living to become like God as a father or mother or a lawyer or a doctor or teacher or, I don't know, salesman or whatever you are, a cook or chef, whatever you are, if you are living your life with God, knowing that you're welcome to him into his life and he is in you and that you are living your life above all to become like God where you are as a son, as a friend, then you know that you are never lost, never destroyed, but and your everything you do in your life has meaning. So let's see what happened to Zacchaeus. So, so far, Zacchaeus sees Jesus, meets him, and in that moment of invitation, he says, yes, come to my house. What happened to Zacchaeus? He says this, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to Jesus in the house as they were eating, he says, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated out anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That's pretty amazing transformation. Once Zacchaeus was found by God, once he realized he will never be lost, never be destroyed, all of a sudden his eyes open. Now that he's with God, he realizes, I found my purpose in life is to be like God. And he looked at his life and anything that was ungodly in his life, Jesus didn't have to tell him to repent because he realized once he was found and he realized I'm a child of God, in fact, I'm created like God, then he started to be like God. And everything that was sinful, he started to repent and say, I don't need this money. This is money that was my God. I am now going to use it for the glory of the King Jesus. In fact, what he's doing in this, in, this, in this commitment he made is that he's now becoming like Jesus. 
he's now going to use the money that God gave him. He didn't realize why God gave him money. It says that he was wealthy. He was, he was probably very wealthy as a chief tax collector. Why did God give this money to him? It wasn't to just destroy him. It was to give him a chance to become like Jesus. And therefore, he saw, he now he was seeking who are the lost and the poor in his community and said, you know what, I'm going to give my possession to them. Because why? I am with God and I am like God. And I'll pay back four times those that he cheated and destroyed. He realized, oh my gosh, all these people's lives I destroyed. What can I do? And Jesus says, follow me. Now that I found you, you have to go seek the lost, the ones you destroyed. Now you get to save and heal. And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of God. For the son of man has came to seek and to save the lost. Isn't that amazing? That's a sample of what it is like to find Jesus for all of us, right? When the kingdom of God comes to you, right? It could be when you're little later on at your deathbed. doesn't matter. It's the same kingdom comes to you and says, I, you're found. I want to be with you, my son. I want to be with you, my child. And more than that, I'm going to give you the power now to become like me. So when Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus into his life, he was no longer lost, and he discovered why he was living why God allowed him to have what he has and to be who he was. Do you know why you're living today? I realized this as I was meditating, God, how are we? And I'm like, I don't think I'm lost right now. But I realized we are lost when you forget why you're living. Why do you live this short life? Many of us have many goals, right? Many of us, it's about having a family. It's about the career. But all of those things, it's temporary. It's going to become nothing. In fact, when Jesus comes back, he says there will be no more marriage. There will be no more family. We're all going to be brothers, sisters, and friends. But the reason we're alive in this time God allowed us to have is so that, again, we can be with God again in this short life so that we can be like God in this short life. If that is not the purpose of your life, you are lost. I'm sorry, but whatever you have, it's just going to, it's not going to accomplish the goal God has. God has blessed you so that with the blessing that you have, whether it's four cars, ten cars, one car, three children, or 30 children, whatever God has given you is so that you now, with God, can become like God in that place. And you can join him in the work of becoming like him and saving others who are lost too. Is that why you go to work every day? Is saying, God, I'm with you. I want to be like you. As a dentist, I want to be like you, Lord. Your outcome will be very different. When you go home and say, I'm a father, I'm going to be like Jesus today. My God. Right? You, you will be repenting so hard right now. You know, a professional basketball player, why are you an NBA player? Because I am with God and I'll become like God wherever I am. That's how the world will be saved. When people who are children of God begin to join God in his mission to seek and to save the lost. You know what's amazing about this story is this. We think that Jesus' compassion was easy. Like he just, you know, cares for people and just does it. But no, there was something that was against God's compassion. It says in verse 7, it says, All the people who saw this, this interaction between Zacchaeus and Jesus, began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. What that means is, in, back in those days, it was clear as a person, if you hang out with sinners, you are now 
I, you're now associated with that sinner, and you yourself become a sinner. So Jesus, his compassion, his willingness to seek you and to find you was even at the cost of his own life. We know that he proved for us when he died on the cross for us that's how we know what love is when he laid his life down that's the distance he was willing to go to find you and to save you that's the kind of compassion this heart of god that we just experience and witness in the interaction zacchaeus and jesus is compassion what compassion is all about this word compassion is a very powerful word um, in fact, in just the American word, in the Latin, with passion. Passion means suffering. So it means you're caring about somebody. You see someone in need. You see someone who's lost, and suddenly it hurts you. <laughs> it's not just recognizing, oh, yeah, this is a suffering person. No, it's somehow it hits you. In fact, the, the Greek word here, it means to be moved in the inward part. Basically, a punch to your gut. You cannot ignore, Right? That's the kind of heart that we need when God shares his compassion with us. It feels like suffering because you're realizing, I cannot live any longer unless that lost person becomes saved. In the Hebrew, this word compassion is the same word as the womb, right? The deep innermost part. It's not just a, a knowing that I have to love people, knowing that I have to uh, 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 save people, but it's a thing that unless I deal with it, I cannot do anything else. It's a, it's a love that moves you into action. In fact, compassion is what drew Jesus to his miracles. You want to see the kingdom of God in your life? You want to see the miracle, the power of God? You need to let the Lord develop his compassion to become like God and have his compassion so that it's not just your, your, your plans, but it's when God is moved with compassion, he does miracles. In both the cases where he fed 5,000 and 4,000 people in the book, in the, in the Gospels, in both cases says he was moved with compassion. He saw all the thousands of people that came out to listen to him, thousands, tens of thousands of people, and then he says he was moved to compassion, and he was able to draw from the heavens a miracle that, that dealt with the people so that they would not be destroyed. They could have been destroyed physically. They could have died, literally. In those days, you don't have McDonald's or, or like 7-Eleven to go to. It would be day's journey without food. You could die. Children would have died. And God says, no. I am moved with compassion. And he demanded his father to do a miracle. And that's how Jesus experienced the kingdom of God. The same way, the kingdom of God. How can you experience more of the kingdom of God in your life? To be moved with compassion. Like when he saw Zacchaeus, he was moved with compassion. He stopped and said, cancel all my plans, I'm coming to your house. Because God has a plan for you to become like me, to come with me again. So friends, scriptures, there's, the Lord gives us uh, encouragement in, in, the, in, in, the, uh, in the gospels. In Luke chapter 6, verse 35, this is the extent of how much he wants us to have the same heart as Jesus. He says this, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Again, the heart of God. He knows how wicked and wretched we are, right? The ungrateful and wicked. We could tell the Lord, oh God, just forget those sinners. Just go after the good people. No, no, no. That's not the heart of God. And he's telling us to be merciful just as your father is merciful. When we have this compassionate heart, 
life is changed. We can never be the same. The people around of us will never be the same. We will push away the power of darkness. We will win. The kingdom of God advances with compassion as its sword. Maybe many of you guys are asking, how come I don't experience God in my life? I want to ask you, do you have compassion for the lost and for those who need salvation? Again, Ephesians 5.1, this is a simple instruction of how to live, how to see Jesus in your life. He says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There is, frankly, no other way for us to be Christian no other way for you to find the kingdom of God in your family, in this world, in your workplace, apart from having this compassionate heart again. The same way that Jesus went after the chief of sinners, the person that once everyone knows this is the dirtiest guy, he was willing to say, I'm going to dine with you. I'm going to become your friend, and I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to save you. That example is what God is inviting you and I to walk in. He's calling you and me to give ourselves to God's mission of compassion for his kingdom to manifest in our lives. So here's my point, friends. What we learn from this encounter with Jesus as we think about what is the kingdom of God about, it's very simple. The quality of your life, the fulfillment of your life, how good your life is not measured by what you own, what you know, the financial, physical well-being that the world says is what life is about. They're wrong. The quality and the success of your life is the amount of the compassion in your life. If you take away compassion, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how many people you have, it's going to be living hell. In fact, Scripture is clear. Without love, you are nothing. So we got to make it our our conscious decision, no matter what vocation you have, no matter what circumstance you are, your reason for living is to say, I'm going to be with God to become like God in his mission of compassion. Think about, look, take a, take a, imagine right now the condition of your heart. Is your heart filled with life right now, filled with encouragement, joy, excitement in life? Or is joy dry? Is your heart like crusty right now, dead, barely beating, just apathetic, love is not there? Why? It's because it's time for you to take on God's mission of compassion. This heart has to be developed, right? Again, because it's not just compassion that you think is compassion. It's to the point where Jesus did, laying his life down. There's no better life to live than a life that's filled with compassion. Because then you become like God, and you become to do the things that God did in your life, in your family. That's the answer. That's how to make this life worth it. So again, as we've been talking about going forward from this, as a Christ United Methodist Church English ministry, we're focusing on the mission why God created us to be the church. It's more than worship. It's more than small groups. It is for us to be witnesses of Jesus in the world, in our life. And it begins with adopting the compassionate heart of God. I just want to give you a quick uh, plug for this Wednesday. Um, you know, things have changed for uh, River of Life, and maybe for the better. Um, as you guys know, uh, River of Life has been existing for, I think, over 40 years. Um, they've been in Chinatown serving uh, uh, 
free food almost every day, Monday through Friday, showers and, and ex other uh, uh, amenities that they provided. Uh, but because of the uh, pandemic, what happened was they started to um, not let people in the building. Usually we had the people, if you guys remember, River of Life was a time where you prepared the food and you got to serve them on their table. They were welcome to the place. But because of pandemic, you had to make them stay outside. And that kind of became a, a very uh, big disturbance for the neighborhood because as the people are eating outside, guess what? The food, all of that thrown outside, you know. They're doing business outside, all of these things. And so basically, they were trying to shut it down. But instead of River of Life being shut down, what they're doing is now they're going to prepare the food, but they're going to take it out to a park, okay, so that we can serve in a place where it's more controlled than just right in the neighborhood. So what that means is for us, practically, uh, because of time and because of uh, just the schedule conflicts, we cannot cook anymore because they need us there earlier because they want us there by 4 uh, to help make the bentos at the center. So we're still donating the money that you're giving. Part of the offering that you have, as we know, is allotted for River of Life, about $3,000 a, a year. And we're giving that portion uh, monthly, bi-monthly to them. So they will cook, and then we just go and provide the manpower of making the bentos. Okay, so that's the change that's happening. And by 5.30, we're going to move to the serving site, which is near the... It's about three-minute drive away, actually, very close to the center at Salvation Army, right by where uh, Lowe's is, right by uh, as we go to the uh, Home Depot area. Um, uh, uh, and then there, the bentos are going to be handed out. So if you, this Wednesday, cannot come at 4, you can still come after your work, okay? If you're there at before 5.30, you can get in the van with us, or you can meet us at that site. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to serve. The, the, the bentos, but we're also going to have a time where it's continual worship and prayer, okay, and preaching. I'll be doing the preaching, and perhaps uh, with the help of the, some of the praising members. Yeah, I'll say that again later. We will lead worship, okay, and then we'll be praying with and for the people, okay, and then very simply, after that, at 7 o'clock, we're done. We're going to come back, and we're going to uh, be done with the mission, and then for those of us who are hungry, we can eat together and continue our fellowship, okay, so it's a very simple thing, okay? You just need to be there. But what I'm asking us, I realize, God, what, why, why this change, right? What's the good that's going to come out of it? It's going to give us a chance to be a little bit closer to where the people are. And I want to ask you, for whoever's going to come and help us serve and pray at the, at the site, ask, Father, give us your heart of compassion. Invest your life to have God transform your heart. Just like Zacchaeus, right? He met Jesus. He was with God. It didn't stop there. You guys are with God. God's with you. It can't stop there. He says, now I'm going to live to become like God. And he had a change of heart, and he changed his lifestyle. All of us, you want to see the kingdom of God, power of God? You need the heart of compassion. And so River of Life is just one of the ways that we're going to now move into this uh, new phase of our church where we're now going to grow as people who adopt this mission of Jesus to be like Jesus in the world. So we're going to ask God in this new season of life, God, break our hearts of stone, our hearts that do not feel your passion, your, your mercy. Another word for compassion is mercy and pity and, and love in our hearts. So let's have the praising come up and uh, let's take a moment to pray together. God, your kingdom is at hand. The kingdom of God, we're Every work of darkness, 
is obliterated, where, where the curse and the sting of death, as we sang earlier, is removed, where the peace of God, where the joy of God, where the riches of God is endless. It is at hand, but it is for those that are willing, like Zacchaeus, to say, I'm going to be with God, and I'm going to become like God in the mission of compassion. I pray that in every one of us, Lord, we won't be looking for a solution anywhere else, but Lord, right here in our own hearts, if you could change my heart, then I will forgive. If you change my heart, I will be generous. If you can change my heart, Lord, I will accept. I will, Lord Jesus, serve. I will be powerful as Jesus was willing to be powerful and lay his life down for another. Holy Spirit, meet with us right now. We want to say welcome to you, Jesus God. Come into our hearts today and have your way in Jesus' name.